We're in a series called From This Day Forward. It's a marriage series, five parts, and we're wanting you to internalize the lessons from each one of these. So we've come up with a little slogan and some hand motions to help you remember the five commitments that you need to make in order to have a great marriage, in order to uh, fail-proof your marriage. And so let's uh, walk through these together. Those of you who remember can help those who don't. Uh, the first is we're going to seek God, and our hand motion for that is, yeah, we're praying hands. Seek God. Second uh, principle, last week we talked about fight fair. You put up your dukes and you smile, because when you fight fair, you're working for resolution, not just to win, and so it's not all that unpleasant. And then today we're going to talk about have fun. Put your, hand, put your hands way up and shake them around, because we're going to have a lot of fun today. Yeah, have fun. Next week, we're going to talk about staying pure, and so you're washing your hands. And then uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about never give up. So today, it's have fun. Too many couples have fun while they're dating, and then when they get married, they stop enjoying each other. But that's not God's plan for marriage. Back to Ecclesiastes 9.9. Uh, let's see if we, can, uh, if we can read that together. Ecclesiastes 9.9. Live happily with the woman you love through all the meaningless days of life that God has given you under the sun. The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. God just says right out, many days, in fact, most days in life can seem meaningless. Same old routine. Get up, go to work, come home, get up, go to work, come home, get up, go to work, come home. Routine. Routine is just French for rut. And they're meaningless. But God says, in the midst of that meaningless, enjoy the woman that you love. God says that your wife is your reward for all your earthly toil. Turn to your wife and say, you are my reward. Yeah, yeah. Live happily with your wife. She's your reward. Now, without fun, without romance, without physical intimacy, marriage is often reduced to just kind of a business partnership. You know, the communication is just about family business. You do this, I'll do that. You cover this, I'll cover that. But people don't fall in love having a bad time, do they? You know, how often does someone fall in love with someone who bores them? Not often. When's the last time you heard a young girl say, Oh, this guy is so awesome. When we get together, we have nothing in common. All we do is sit there, we say nothing. I mean, he is so dull. He is so boring. I mean, what a turn on. No. No, she says, oh, he is so exciting. We have so much fun together. You know, dating is fun. Otherwise, nobody would get married. But after they get married, some couples lose the adventure. They lose the fun. You know, when we're, when we're dating, we'll go on all kinds of crazy dates together. We'll go on picnics. We'll climb trees together. We'll play on playground equipment together. I mean, we just act like kids. We take pictures of each other everywhere we go. We eat exotic food in new restaurants. You know, we, we buy new trendy clothes and wear them for each other. I and mean, when we're dating, we just do all this fun stuff together. But once we get married, it becomes so easy to stop having fun. You know, when we're first married, we can be committed to fun in our marriage. But the harsh reality is, is that too often, once we get married, we begin to take each other for granted. The focus shifts from paying attention to one another to paying attention to work, paying attention to the house, to the kids, to the cars, to the bills. 
and the fun goes out of it. But fun is not a luxury in marriage. Fun is a necessity in marriage. If you don't have fun in your marriage, one day you will wake up and you won't have a marriage. You'll have a business partnership that's about to dissolve. So three types of fun today that every couple must have. First type of fun is face-to-face fun. Now, that's where we enjoy each other's company face-to-face. You know, dating couples can talk and talk and talk and talk on a date, and then when they get home, they call each other, and they talk on the phone until 2 in the morning. And when they run out of words, they just listen to each other breathe. You know, not a deep breathing, but just an appropriate level of breathing. Okay? You know, they just talk and talk until they get married. And then all the talk becomes about appointments and errands. You take him to soccer, I'll take her to gymnastics. Uh, I'll get the oil changed in the car, you, you pick up milk. And that kind of communication, that is not face-to-face fun. Now, today I want to show you three portions of Scripture from the Song of Solomon. A tremendous book in the Bible about the physical relationship of marriage and how spiritual it is. On the back of your, your sermon outline, in the Talk It Over notes, at the top I list a book. It's by Tommy Nelson. Tommy Nelson is a pastor who has devoted most of his ministry to the study of this book, The Song of Solomon. And he's written a commentary called The Book of Romance. And I would encourage every couple in here to buy that book and read it together. I mean, he has done us a tremendous service uh, with this book for, for the health of our marriages. And so we're going to look in the Song of Solomon today, and we're going to watch as Solomon and the Shulamite woman have three different types of fun in their relationship. And the first passage is in Song of Solomon 7, 1 through 4. And we're going to watch as Solomon compliments this woman. And he starts at her feet, and he works his way up her entire body romantically until he is looking her in the eyes, and he has her. I mean, it's an amazing... I'm just watch how he does this. He says, How beautiful your sandaled feet, O prince's daughter. I mean, this guy is good. Watch him. Watch him. Your graceful legs are like jewels, the work of a craftsman's hands. Your navel is a rounded goblet that never lacks blended wine. Now, I don't understand that part, but evidently it's really working for her. Okay? Your waist is a mound of wheat encircled by lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle. I mean, evidently, he's really excited that there's two of them. And, and, and they're right there. And, and, and they are like two fawns. They're twins of a gazelle. It's deer season. Don't move quickly. Don't scare them. You sneak up on them. Yeah. Yeah, just give me a minute. He says, your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are the pool of Heshbon, the gate of Bath Rabin. I mean, what's he doing? He, he is starting here. He starts with her feet and moves slowly up to her eyes. And he is giving her details. Women love details. Men like headlines. Women love details. And face-to-face time is very, very important in your marriage because your relationship thrives on intimate conversation. 
And you've got to be on your guard. You have got to protect this because if you don't, life will pull the intimacy out of your face-to-face time. And it can happen to all of us. Uh, i got to tell you, personally, I have been so thankful for this sermon series because it has been so helpful in my own marriage. And for years, I've talked about the importance of date night, date night, date night, date night, date night. And Katie and I have had a date night for years where we would connect face-to-face. But i got to tell you, over the last several months, life has gotten very busy for us, and we've let that slip. We've let it slip. And, and, and we're just passing by each other in life. And, and Katie will mention something, and I'll think, oh, I didn't know that was going on. And, and I'll mention something in my life, and, and, and Katie will say, I, I didn't know that was happening. And we have lost the connection. We have surrendered one of the most important things to our marriage, that intimate face-to-face time. You've got to create space for it. You have got to guard it, or life will consume your face-to-face time with busyness. Now, I've got to tell you, parents, driving your kids to their games or, or to gymnastics or sitting together and watching a practice or watching a game or talking while you both play with your cell phones, that does not count. That doesn't count. We're talking about consistent, faithful, face-to-face time where you focus and listen with each other without distraction. You have got to build that into your marriage. You've got to guard it and invest in it uh, because life will just take it away from you. And it is so foundational. Now, the second type of fun we need to have is side-to-side fun. Uh, Stay shoulder-to-shoulder. This is where you do a fun activity together. Uh, Song Solomon 711. And it's the Shulamite woman. She says, come, my lover, let's go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. She's saying, hey, babe, let's get away for a weekend. Let's get somebody to watch the kids, and let's just go off together and do something fun. And now, as women typically crave face-to-face fun, guys generally crave side-to-side fun. Shoulder-to-shoulder, working on a project together, doing an activity together. And when guys do stuff that they enjoy with their wife, it, it validates them. It is valuable to them. It bonds them together. She becomes his very best friend as they have this experience together. Now, maybe he wants you to play golf with him. And why would you think, I don't want to play golf. Golf is boring. But, but you go out and you do it. It is very, very special to him. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you decide in a couple you're going to do something else. Maybe he wants you to go hunting. And you think, honey, I don't want to go sit in the rainy old woods. But you do it. And it is a tremendous bonding experience for the two of you. Or maybe it, it's playing board games together or taking long walks or riding bicycles or horseback riding or landscaping or, you know, house uh, improvement projects. Bird watching. I don't know what it is. But just something that you do, side-to-side fun is so important. Ladies, enter into his world. Do what he enjoys. Guys, enter into her world. Do what she enjoys. You know, Katie will mention that she's going to go to the store and pick something up. And, and I'll just tell her, hey, I want to go with you. And, she, and it's just fun when I do that because she always goes, really? Because she knows I hate to go to the store. But I'm going with her because it's time spent with her doing something together. And so I enter into her world. You know, sometimes in my love for her, I just will lose control. And I will watch a whole hour-long TV show about cupcakes. Or Sasquatch. 
because Katie loves TV shows about cupcakes and Sasquatch. And sometimes I'll say to her, dear, these cupcakes taste squatchy. Okay? You, you want to enter into her world. Ladies, just scroll this down somewhere on your outline. You want him to talk and talk and talk to you. There are two times when a man will open up and talk to you. The first one is when he is doing something with you that he enjoys. He'll talk to you. The second one is right after he's done something with you that he enjoys. Okay? So that's the other time he will talk to you. So two types of fun that you need to build into your marriage. A foundational face-to-face fun and side-to-side fun. That leads us to the third type of fun. This one is belly button to belly button fun. Okay? Now, now let me break down this belly button to belly button for you. Song of Solomon 7, 11 through 12. Uh, the Shulamite woman says to Solomon, Come, my lovers, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the villages. Let's, let us go early to the vineyards to see if the vines have budded or if their blossoms have opened and if their pomegranates are in bloom. And here comes the fun part. Here's the fun part. She says, There I will give you my love. Now, in modern-day language, she's saying, Hey, babe, let's go to the park and have sex. Okay? That's what she's saying. Now, I am not telling you to go to the park and have sex. Because you will get arrested. Okay? And remember, last week, in, in conflict, you don't quote your pastor. Okay? So when you get arrested, leave me out of it. But the, the biblical principle here, the biblical principle is, let's have some belly button to belly button fun. Let's have some romantic, physical intimacy together. So does God approve of that kind of thing? Look at Proverbs 5.18. It says, may your fountain be blessed, and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer. And watch this. May her breast satisfy you always. Folks, that's in the Word of God. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word. Just may her breast satisfy you always. Read this last phrase out loud with me. May you ever be captivated by her love. The Hebrew word there for captivated means ravished. It means exhilarated, delighted. It means to flourish, to be intoxicated. It's the same word in Hebrew when an animal would track down another animal, kill it, and eat it. Okay? I mean, there is some intensity here. Okay? May you ever be captivated. May you be hunted down by her love. You know, one of the best things that you can do in your marriage is just have some physical and intimate fun together. So I, I want to give you uh, some advice here today, some advice for men and some advice for women. And so, men, first of all, my advice to you is work on your approach. Get creative in your approach. Be tender, be romantic, be inventive in your approach. Quit using the same approach day after day after day. Now, you wives know that, that husbands can sexualize anything. Okay? I mean, you just know. Honey, could you make me a bowl of cereal? I'll make you a bowl of cereal. Give me a spoon, babe, and I'll stir you up. You know? 
I, I need the, the oil changed in my car. I'll change your oil, girl. Yeah. Work on your approach, okay? Be loving, be tender, be romantic, be creative. Tommy Nelson has some great stuff for you guys in, in his little book. Uh, ladies, my advice to you is make an approach. Any approach. Make a move. Any move. First move, second move, last move. Just make a move. You will be thrilled. Okay? Now, I know some of you are thinking, you're thinking, we don't have time for all this. I mean, we've got little kids. And, you know, we've had little kids, and I know it's a dilemma, but I'd encourage you, put a Dora the Explorer DVD in and open a box of fruit snacks and run to the bedroom and lock the door. Uh, quick, we've got 30 minutes. Go, Diego, go! Okay? I mean, you've got to be creative. You've got to make space for this. Now, now you know... Typically, and I'm just speaking generally, you know, men are more interested in this uh, than women are. Uh, but that's just typically and generally speaking, not always. But ladies, you need to understand this because this is so important. When you turn off the faucet, you know, when, when, when things go dry, this is a crisis for a man. It's the equivalent of the emotional distress that you feel when there's silence, when there's no talking, when there's no emotional connection, when there's no, no emotional intimacy. For you, that's a crisis. But ladies, if he's not getting his sexual needs met in you, you, you need to realize that he has no legitimate option but you. When, when he made the commitment, when he got married to you, he said, you are his only legitimate outlet for sexual fulfillment, and everything else is sinful for him. And so you are it. And one of the greatest things that you can do for each other is to engage in frequent, creative, spiritual lovemaking. Folks, you got to understand, sex is spiritual before it's anything else. It has as its root deep spiritual meaning, deep spiritual imagery. It is a blessing, a gift from God. It is honoring to God. Now, in your woundedness, some of you are thinking, you know what, but he, he's just a jerk, and I don't like him, and I don't like you for telling me to have sex with him. And I'll tell you, I understand that. I understand that. You know, one of the most painful areas in all of our lives is sex. I mean, more people are wounded in this area than, than in any other area of our lives. You know, the pastor of 20-some years, I mean, I see that. And Satan is relentless in his attack on our sex lives because he knows it's one of God's most precious gifts and he knows it's one of the most crucial areas to sustaining a healthy marriage. Do not let your wounds and hurts from the past rob you of the great gift that God has given you in marriage. And if you've been wounded in this area, and, and more of us have than haven't, if you've, if you've been wounded in this area, you live in a wonderful age because there are tons of resources out there. Qualified Christian counselors, tremendous Christian books on this, on this subject. There is help for you to move past your wounds and to move to health in this area of your relationship. You work through these. It, it, it's part of in sickness and in health, working through those wounds together as a couple. Now, let me talk to you men for, for just a moment. Katie and I, I got married to Katie when I was 18. 
and uh, we had been married about two years. I was in my early 20s when I heard a pastor say something that changed uh, my life. It changed the way that I treated Katie uh, as a husband. He said this, and this is in regards to marriage and to this whole sex thing. He said, Husbands, it is not your job to make your wife more sensual. It is your job to make her more spiritual. Do you hear that? Husbands, it's not your job to make your wife appear more sexy or more sexual. It's not your job to dress her up in fancy lingerie or provocative clothing. The goal is not greater sensuality. The goal is greater spirituality. Your job as a husband is to grow your wife to become more spiritual. Uh, even in regards to the act of physical intimacy in marriage, the goal is not the satisfaction of the flesh. You know, if you are pursuing sensuality and sexuality, you need to realize that pursuit can never be satisfied. The flesh will never be satisfied. But if you strive to help your wife grow to a deeper spirituality, if you will work to make her more spiritual, you will find a deeper satisfaction in physical intimacy than you ever dreamed of. It's the key. And it takes us right back to, it takes us right back to the first week. Seek God. I will seek the one with my tooth. The goal of having fun in marriage is not to satisfy my flesh. It's not to satisfy myself. The goal of having fun in marriage is to serve God by serving my spouse. Paul in 1 Corinthians 7, he says, Wives must put the needs of the husbands ahead of their own needs. And husbands must put the needs of their wives above their own needs. See, that's the pattern. Each is trying to outserve, out outminister the other. Each must give generously and sacrificially in every area of marriage, even in regards to sexual behavior. Now, all three types of fun are necessary in a marriage because they build on each other. If all you have is face-to-face and side-to-side fun, but you neglect the belly-button-to-belly-button fun, your marriage will lack spiritual intimacy. It will lack spiritual intimacy and depth. It will be superficial. If you have belly-button-to-belly-button fun without face-to-face and side-to-side fun, then people feel underappreciated. In fact, they feel used. A healthy marriage requires all three kinds of fun. And to build all three kinds of fun into a marriage, it takes hard work. It takes hard work to have fun, especially if you've neglected it for years or if you have hurts and wounds that you need to deal with. But when I do the hard work in these three areas with my spouse, that's when we ultimately become one flesh. Not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, relationally as well. And that leads to a level of satisfaction and contentment that you cannot find by chasing the sensual. Researchers have, have done tons of surveys uh, asking people uh, you know, how satisfied they are with their sex lives. And what they have discovered, that the group that is the most satisfied with their sexual experience are evangelical Christians who've had one sexual partner throughout their life. Those people are tremendously satisfied and content and fulfilled with their sexual experience. People who are chasing a sexual experience, 
they're not satisfied. There is no contentment. You know, the spiritual finds satisfaction and contentment. The sensual is never satisfied. It's never content. Now, all of us are called to manifest God's love to other people. But especially in the marriage relationship, we have a very unique, a very precious way of demonstrating our love to one another. And our standard in that act is the love that God Himself has for us. And you may be hearing this, and you may just conclude, you know, I can't possibly reach that standard of love. And you know what? You're right. You're right. You cannot do this in your own power. You cannot do this by yourself. God never expected you to. God didn't design you to. And as a believer, you need to realize that you can live a life pleasing to God. You can live a life of faithfulness and purity in every area of your life because God is dwelling with you, God is dwelling in you, and God is there for you when you cry out for help. And if you don't have a relationship with God, I just would encourage you to accept the relationship that God offers you. God freely offers you forgiveness. God freely offers you the privilege of being His child. God freely offers you grace and strength to live life in a way that is beneficial to you and pleasing to Him. And all you need to do to receive that gift is just admit that you need it. And just say, God, I am broken. I am powerless. I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. And I believe your Son paid for me on the cross. And I want to receive the salvation. I want to receive the forgiveness, the new life, the strength that you offer me. In other words, you seek God. That's where we start. And if you will do that, from this day forward, from this day forward, the old will pass away and the new will come. And the wonderful hope of God's love is, is that at any moment in our lives, if we come to God with a sorrowful and, and humble heart, He will forgive us and He will create in us a new opportunity, a clean slate, a new beginning. You know, God doesn't love us because we're spotless. God loves us because He created us. And He forgives us because we trust in His Son, who is spotless. You cannot save yourself. God understands that. That's why He sent Jesus to save us. Now, as you hear this message, you may be saying, man, I have just messed up in this area. But I want to tell you today, no matter how many times you've sinned, no matter, no matter the depth of your sin, God wants to forgive you. God wants to forgive you and make you new from this day forward. Peter came to Jesus and said, how many times do we have to forgive somebody who sins against us? And Jesus said, 70 times 7. And that was shorthand for every time they ask you. Now, if God expects us, if God empowers us to forgive one another every time we ask, don't you think God will forgive us every time we ask Him? The answer is yes. So ask God to forgive you. Receive His forgiveness. And from this day forward, move forward in your life. Just trusting that the slate has been wiped clean. You're free of your past, the nature, and sin. Start over from where you are. And maybe you're here today and, and you've been sexually promiscuous in the past. Uh, then just choose to be pure from this day forward. Trust God to forgive you, to cleanse you fully of that mistake, to prepare you for the future that He has for you. 
and receive His forgiveness and sin no more. You know, if you're here today and you're living with someone outside the vows of marriage, one of you needs to move out. One of you needs to move out. And you need to begin creating a courtship that will lay a solid foundation for when you get married. You know, if you're divorced, I just offer you the same encouragement. Just ask God to forgive you of your past. Ask God to bind up your wounds, to heal your hurts, to forgive you of your sins to help you learn from the mistakes that were made, to cause you to grow in your faith, to prepare you for the future that He has for you. Because you have a future. And if you're married, you know, God's desire for you is, is that you would experience the fullness of joy that's made possible through love and, and romance and sexual intimacy. And trust God to help you find and develop that kind of relationship in Him. And then enjoy His wonderful gift to you. Let's pray together. God, I just thank You that, that You desire for us to enjoy life with our spouse. And I just pray for, for our married couples here today. I know these couples fell in love having fun, and so I pray that they would fall in love all over again with a new season of fun. I pray that they would seek You so that they can enjoy the blessings that you give them in their marriage. If you're here today with your spouse, would you just reach over, take their hand, and, and then just raise your hands up together? Would you just claim the promises of God today? Would you just say, from this day forward, we will have fun? Will you say that with me? From this day forward, we will have fun. Father, we thank you for that promise in Jesus' name.